Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech, and with a slow tongue. The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray you, by the hand of him whom you will send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well. And behold, he cometh forth to meet you, and when he seeth you, he'll be glad in his heart, and you shall speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth, and I will be with his mouth and I will teach you what you shall do. He shall be your spokesman unto the people. He, even he, that is Aaron, even he shall be to you instead of a mouth, and you shall be to him instead of God, and you shall take his rod in your hand, wherewith you shall do signs. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, and our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Continuing in Exodus chapter 4, we are studying verses 16 and 17, where God appoints Aaron to be the mouthpiece for Moses to speak the words of God which he gave to them. Moses is to be as God to Aaron, who is to be as a prophet to speak to Pharaoh. And Dr. Mitchell draws our attention to this fact. The one who trusts in Christ today is an ambassador for Christ. The believer takes on the position of being a representative for the Lord Jesus, just as Moses was to Pharaoh. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ that you be reconciled to God. And we can do this because now we relate to God as a friend, not as an enemy. Well, open your Bible to Exodus chapter 4, verse 16 with Dr. Mitchell here on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you and we rejoice again in the fact that the Lord, by His Spirit, has given to us His Word. You know, it's a wonderful thing when you think of it, that the eternal living God who framed the ages by the word of His mouth should speak to you and to me, that he should reveal to us not only his person, but also his purpose and his counsel, his program for men on the earth. I'm ever amazed at the word of God, because in this we have God's purpose for the nations of the earth, God's purpose for the people of Israel, God's purpose for the church, the body of Christ. See, there are three groups in the world. Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians 10 when he said, Give offense to no man, to Jew, Gentile, 
nor the church of God. So you have these, these three groups. And in the Bible, there's quite a bit said about what God is going to do with the church. You find that, of course, in the New Testament, especially in the epistles of Paul. Then we find what God's going to do with Israel. Well, you remember in our study of the book of Genesis, way back there in the first 11 chapters, God was dealing with the world, the nation as a whole, with people as a whole. Then he divided them into nations and changed their languages and let them go their own way and picked up a man by the name of Abraham and blessed him and promised that those who blessed him, they would be blessed and so on. And down through the centuries, this kept on. God let the nations go their own way. They're still going their own way. They're still going their own way. Don't you blame God for what the nations are doing? Although God is still on the throne, but he's working out his own plan and purpose. Today, God is gathering out a people for his name. People call the church, the body of Christ. You remember in Acts 15, God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And after this, he's going to return and build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and so on. He's going to be dealing then with Israel again as a nation. And he's going to be dealing with the nations of the earth. Someone said, well, you're talking about prophecy. Well, all prophecy is history foretold. And God in this book, this blessed book, has given to us his purpose and his counsel concerning these three different groups. I think it's high time that we Christians got down to business with God and try to find out by the Spirit of God what he wants us to know. And remember, you only receive according to your capacity. God does not throw his truth around to any Tom, Dick, or Harry. God reveals truth to those whose hearts and minds are open. And as we grow in grace and in knowledge, he increases grace and knowledge in our lives. I'm speaking to this because I feel the tremendous need for those of you, shall I put it the other way, that those of us who know the Savior and love the Savior, that we might know something of the precious purposes of God for men. And that he has a special place for you and for me. Here we are living on the earth at this specific time. Why didn't we live 200 years ago? No, we're living right now. And God in his purpose has got you and me here on the earth for a purpose. And when that purpose for us is complete, he'll take us home. But God grant that you and I will live and walk in the will of God. That's the most important thing. The important thing is not getting money. The important thing is not place you might have in the world. The important thing is to walk with God in the world, whatever the condition of the world is. That's why he redeemed you. In fact, this is why God made man in the first place. God's heart is hungry for fellowship with men and women. He has myriads of angels, holy angels who've never sinned. That doesn't satisfy his heart. He made you and me for the intimacy of fellowship. We are his children. That is those of us who have put our trust in the Savior. And he's got a special job for you and me to do. And we've been following through this in the book of Exodus. God's going to redeem Israel. They've been in Egypt for 400 years. They've been in slavery. They're groaning under their bondage. 
and God has seen, God has heard, and God has come down to deliver them. But he's not going to send Michael the archangel or Gabriel or some angel to do it. He picks up a man. Now, when that man was 40 years of age, he was mighty in word and deed. And he thought he was going to deliver Israel. But that wasn't God's program. In the first place, it wasn't God's time. So you have the energy of the flesh, which failed. And then Moses went into the backside of the desert and became a sheep herder for 40 years. Now he's at the end of himself. He, he, he just, at the place where he feels this is satisfaction, just to take care of a bunch of sheep. God says, come now, it's time to move. Oh, no, 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 said Moses. Not, not I. You're picking on the wrong man. Who are you? I'm Jehovah. I'm the eternal God. This is my eternal name. You go and tell the elders of Israel, I've come down to deliver them. And then you remember, he hid behind their unbelief. They will not believe me. They wouldn't believe me at 40 years of age when I was strong and mighty. Certainly they'll not believe me now. I'm only an old shepherd, 80 years of age. And he gave them three signs, you remember. Throw down your rod, it became a servant. Put your hand to your bosom, it became leprous. Take it out again, became clean. If they don't breathe these two signs and pour water on the ground, it'll become blood. Then he hid behind his own inefficiency. He said, I can't talk. I'm slow of speech. Well, God says, I'll be with you. I'll be with your mouth. I'll put words in your mouth. I'll do the whole business. All I want is you as my channel. I want you to know me. This is the important thing. The important thing for Moses was not to know Israel, not to know the Egyptians, not to know Pharaoh, not to have all the knowledge of the Egyptian court. Though he'd already had that. He was learning in all the learning of the Egyptians. No, God wants him for himself. God wants you for himself. Because God is going to get all the glory. But he balks, as I said a moment ago. And now he said, I can't talk. Who made man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? Well, who will you send to do the talking? As I said in our last lesson, I repeat it. God is angry at him because of his unbelief. He was very tender with him with his frailty and his weaknesses, but not with unbelief. Unbelief's an awful thing. If you don't believe that, you read the third and fourth chapters of Hebrews. Unbelief is the product of an evil heart. As I start to say, God wants a man. God's looking for a man who will know God. And he has quite a time with Moses. Today, God is looking for men. Maybe you're one of his men. God wants men who know God. God wants women who know God. Just like Jochebed, the mother of Moses, she knew God. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, she knew God. Mary, the mother of our Savior, she knew God. We need men, we need women who know God today. We're living in a day where we're beginning to see the footage of a materialistic, humanistic philosophy 
And I tell you, it scares us when we see what could take place even in America and throughout the world. Oh, what we need today are men of God, women of God. And don't sit back and say, well, I'm glad we got a good preacher. He's a man of God. I'm talking to you. You say, what can I do? All he wants is you. He wants you to know him. That's the first thing. And when we get to know God, then he begins to use you. But he wants you. Not for you to depend upon what you are. He wants you to know that he is the one who is all-sufficient for every need. As I said in our last lesson, I don't mind quoting it again from, from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You remember where, or is it chapter 11, where Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Or in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. When I am weak, then am I strong. You see, when we think we're very strong, got all the ability we need, then we begin to depend upon ourselves instead of him. What I'm trying to get to your heart today is the fact that our God is sufficient for every need of every one of his children. And he wants them, that's you and me, those of us who put our trust in the Savior, and he wants us to know him. So I say again, God is very patient with us in our frailty, in our weaknesses. But when it comes to unbelief, then you have the anger of the Lord against Moses. Now notice it. In verse 15, God's speaking to him now. God says, I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth will teach you what you shall do. He shall be your spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to you instead of a mouth, and you shall be to him instead of God. You will take this rod in your hand, wherewith you shall do signs. This little old dried up stick, you take it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to prove to you, Moses, what I can do with a stick. As I said a while ago, God can take any dried up old stick and use them. That's you. That's me. We'll come back to verse 16. This is an astounding thing. It's an astounding thing. All right, Moses. Aaron will be your spokesman unto the people. He shall be, even he shall be to you instead of a mouth. Let him do the talking. But notice the next statement. And thou shalt be to Aaron instead of God. In other words, God is saying, Moses, you are my living representative. And Aaron would be your spokesman. Let me read the first verse of chapter, chapter 7 of Exodus. First verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made you a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. You see. You see. My what grace that this man Moses, who's been fighting every inch of the way against the program and purpose of God, the call of God, fought every inch of the way, is now going to be God's living representative. He's going to be to Aaron as God. And God says, I'm going to make you a God to Pharaoh. 
and Aaron shall be your prophet. Chapter 7, the first verse. You say, isn't that wonderful? But my friend, may I remind you of 2 Corinthians 5.20? In fact, it starts at verse 18, where Paul is writing to the Corinthian church about this great doctrine, the lesson of reconciliation, God making peace for man. And verse 19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for God. As though God would beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God in behalf of Christ. Be ye reconciled to God. See, friend, you and I, if we're saved, if we love the Savior, we are God's living representatives here on earth. My, what a, what a calling. What a calling. Don't hide your head down in the dust or between your legs. If you love the Savior, he's not only redeemed you and given you life eternal, but he's made you his living representative. Why didn't God take us home the moment we were saved? Well, that would have been wonderful, wouldn't it? Oh, no. Who's going to tell the next generation? And the next one, and the next one. Friend, he leaves you and me down here. Oh, there are a number of purposes, I know that, for the strengthening of our faith, to mold us and fashion us for his glory. One could take up such a passage as Ephesians uh, 2.10, we are his workmanship, his craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Or you take Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4, these light afflictions are just for a moment, they're working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But my friend, let me tell you something else. He left us down here to be his living representative. Do you ever think about it? You ever think about it? The wonderful thing that you and I become God's channels to communicate the word of God to our generation. And the hardest thing that we have to contend with is our own unbelief in the place God has put us. Again, may I say, friend, unbelief is a terrible thing. As Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 says, unbelief is the product of an evil heart. Unbelief. Why didn't Moses enter the land of Israel? Unbelief. Why didn't that generation enter the land of Israel? Unbelief. They entered not because of unbelief. I won't tell you, friend, unbelief is a terrible thing. Oh, there's nothing delights the heart of God more than for you and for me to just simply trust the Savior. Huh? It delights his heart when you and I walk with him. Now notice, we are his living representatives. See, he said to Moses, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. Aaron shall be a prophet. I'm quoting from chapter 7, the first verse, together with, Chapter 4, verse 16. Thou shalt be to him 
instead of God. And then you shall take this rod in your hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. This little dried up old stick. Notice now what he has. He's got a spokesman in Aaron. He's got a dried up old stick in his hand. He's got a weak reed upon which to lead. That's Aaron. And he's got a, a stick in his hand. God said, that's all I need. Just you, Moses. Just you. Again, I come back to it. I wish in some way I could put it in the words just the way I feel about this. That's all God wants as a man or a woman. God looks for men who will know him, who will be yielded to him, see, who will really dare to believe that God is on the throne, that he never changes. He has all authority, all power in heaven and earth. Jesus said this in Matthew 28. Go ye and disciple all nations, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. What more do you need? The presence of God to do the job that's to be done. But he's going to use, he won't do it without a human channel, a man or a woman, whoever it may be. He's not going to call angels, he calls you. What I'm trying to get to your heart today is this fact, that God wants men who know him all this, all the, these chapters, three and four, was God getting Moses to the place where he would recognize the living God, Jehovah, the ever-present God, as, he's, as the one who's going to use him as a channel. And you remember, I'm going to come right back to it. He just balked all along the way, all along the way, till God had to rebuke him for his unbelief. And then he was found usable to be God's living representative. May God grant to you and to me that we'll be free from our unbelief and let us not argue with God or, or try to hide behind somebody else or try to hide behind our uh, false humility and declare ourselves inefficient when God is the one who has all the wisdom and all the power and all that we need. I say this very kindly because I feel this need myself. I'm starting at verse 18 and running right through to the end of the chapter, which we're not going to take up except in just message. You have God's message for Pharaoh and God's message for Israel. You have this, and when you get down to the end of the chapter, you have where Moses returns back to Egypt to do the job that God wants him to do. But today, I'm concerned about this fact. If I may go back to the first 17 verses of chapter 4, I'm concerned that so few of God's people, so few of God's people know God personally, intimately. And this is what God wants of you and me. Even the very tests and trials of life, even the afflictions and the sorrows through which we go, is part of God's program to bring you and me closer and closer and closer to himself so we'll be able to realize and recognize the fact that we belong to him and that he wants to take you and me just as we are. Not the way we would like to be, just the way we are. And he can mold us, shape us to do the job he wants done. So I just plead with your heart, Christian friend, 
Come into the presence of God. Give yourself entirely over to him to be his living representative wherever you are, in your home, in your business, among your neighbors, wherever you go. Remember, you're God's living representative. And the Lord wonderfully, marvelously bless and use you today for his precious name's sake. to tell you what I think of Jesus, since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.